Hey everyone, I wanted to welcome you to Encounter Church. I'm Pastor Craig Rice. Thank you for joining us today. I hope this message inspires you, encourages you, and transforms you. Hey, what's going on Encounter family, friends? We are so glad that you are joining us right here for this amazing message. We have been in a series called Jesus Changes Everything the last few weeks, and this is going to be part three. So I'm glad you tuned in. I'm glad you joined us. Uh, get your Bible, get your app open, and let's, let's dive into this word today. And so it reads kind of like this in Luke chapter 19, verses 28 through 35. After telling this story, Jesus went on toward Jerusalem, walking ahead of his disciples. And he came to the towns of Bethphage and Bethany on the Mount of Olives. He sent two disciples ahead. Go into the village over there, he told them. As you enter it, you will see a young donkey tied there that no one has ever ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks, why are you untying that colt, just say, the Lord needs it. So they went and found the colt, just as Jesus had said. And sure enough, as they were untying it, the owners asked them, why are you untying that colt? And the disciples simply replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought the colt to Jesus and threw their garments over it for him to ride on. And I just want to kind of title this talk today, The Way to Peace. The Way to Peace. And the closer the disciples got to the moment of the crucifixion and then ultimately Jesus' resurrection, everything began to rapidly change. It was, it was changed daily. It was, it was big stories. It was big moments. And it was things like Jesus going into the temple and overthrowing the temple and taking a whip and, and Jesus gets angry. And then it's the, it's the moment in the garden where they're praying. It's Passover supper. It's Peter cutting uh, ears off and Jesus putting them right back on. This was a very rapidly changing situation daily with the disciples between Palm Sunday, what we just read here, the triumphant entry into the day of the crucifixion and then his resurrection. So things were just rapidly changing. The disciples are are kind of in this upheaval. They are excited because this, they believe, is the moment that Jesus is going to take his reign. He's going to rule over uh, the nations, and this is the moment that Messiah, the one they've been praying for, is now taking his rightful place, and they are pumped about it. But the story doesn't go exactly how they thought it should, nor did it play out exactly the way that, that they had hoped for it to play out. And, and Jesus is doing things that was unexpected with things that were misrepresented, misunderstood, such as like riding in on a donkey instead of a horse. Like why would the king, why would this Messiah choose a donkey over a horse? And we're going to get to that in a moment. But what I've realized is with Jesus is that Jesus can change everything in a moment. He can change everything in an instant. And sometimes there's rapid change. Sometimes change takes a long time. But the reality is is that Jesus changes everything. And I don't want to have a future without this Jesus. I want to see him change my life from start to finish. And my past is the reason I know I don't want a future without Jesus. It's... It's from being rejected to being accepted. And maybe you have a story 
maybe your background is very uh, similar and you can relate to the fact that, yeah, you have a background of being rejected. You have a past of being rejected. But now that you have met Jesus, now that you've encountered this Jesus, you know that you are accepted. And you know that because of your past, you can't have a future without Jesus. You need Jesus to change everything here today and tomorrow because he changed everything in your past. And the disciples are that way. Things had changed in their past. And so they realize that the future that they are in store for, they don't want to have a future without this Jesus. They don't want to have a future without this hope. They don't want to have a future without this king. And so when things start changing rapidly, to the disciples, it didn't make a lot of sense. And I realized that progress doesn't make a lot of sense. Progress seldom makes a lot of sense. It, it seems like in the kingdom when there's progress, it, it just two and two don't seem to add up. It, it, it's like Jesus said, in, in order to gain your life, you're going to have to lose it. It's, it's upside down. In order to be the first, you're actually going to have to be the last. It seems to be backwards in the kingdom and progress doesn't necessarily make sense within the context of the kingdom. In following Jesus, the, the progress sometimes seems to actually go backwards. And sometimes you're actually going to think that you're losing, but really you're winning. And this is what the two disciples that Jesus sends on ahead of them. Uh, go find a donkey. Go find the colt that's been unridden. And I can imagine the conversation the two disciples are having. Like, are you... Jesus, are you serious? Like, you are asking me to do something illegal. I've got to steal a donkey from somebody. Like, this is, this is not something we do. Why are we doing this? It doesn't make sense. And, and why not get the best horse? Why not get the greatest stallion we can find? Let's, let's go into Jerusalem riding high. Let's go into the city owning this thing. Like, you are the king. You're the Messiah. Let's go. And Jesus is like, no, go get... Go get a donkey. Go get one that's been unridden. Go, go, go untie it. And if somebody asks you why you're untying this donkey, just go ahead and tell them it's because the Lord needs it. And then they're going to go ahead and give it to you. And that's exactly what happened. Exactly what Jesus said happened. And the disciples walked away with that donkey. And I realized that the closer you get to your purpose, the closer you get to your destiny, the closer you get to the place where God is calling you to go, the closer you get to it, the more questions you begin to develop. Things like, how is this going to happen? Or when will I see this happen? Or did I miss it already? Or maybe where are you, God? And I feel like the closer we get to the purpose, the closer we get to our answer, the actual more questions we begin to develop. It seems like at the beginning, like God's called us and this is going to be a great thing. And then we start walking and the closer we get, the more questions like, well, how is this going to happen? I, I don't know how this is going to take place and I don't know how this is all going to work out. I, 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 did, I, did I miss God's voice somewhere? Did I imagine this? Where, where is God in all of this? And the closer we get to it, the more questions we begin to develop and Jesus really didn't give the disciples much except for go, and this is what's going to happen. 
He didn't leave room for them to, to really have a lot of answers. They were just supposed to figure it out once they got there. And Jesus is like, here's the answer that you're going to have. Just tell them the Lord needs it. And if it was me, I would have a lot of questions. Why a donkey? Why this town? What if we get the wrong one? Did we really hear him right? Where is Jesus? Well, Jesus now sends the disciples ahead. Like, Jesus was walking ahead of the disciples in the text, and then all of a sudden he sends the disciples ahead of him. And, and if it was me, I'm like, well, I'm following you. Why am I going to have to go ahead and do this thing? But because the closer you get to your promise, the closer you get to your purpose, the more questions you're going to have about the situation. But this is where peace comes in. Because peace is the product of obedience. Peace is not the absence of problems. It is the presence of Jesus within the context of obedience. So my purpose is, is not to understand everything. I should have questions as the closer I get to my purpose. I should have questions the closer I get to my answer. I should have questions the closer I get to the thing that he's called me to get to. But that's where peace steps in. Peace is not the absence of my problem. It's not the, the whole solution to the problem. It's not, it's not everything figured out. Peace is simply relying on Jesus and being obedient to what he's called us to do. In fact, it's so important that we understand that what Jesus is doing in this moment is actually fulfilling prophecy that had happened in the book of Zechariah, chapter 9, verse 9, where Zechariah prophesies that this is exactly how the Messiah is going to come on a donkey. This prophecy took place 500 years before Jesus ever spoke a word, before Jesus ever told the two disciples, go find a donkey. This, this happened 500 years because sometimes progress takes a long time, but there's peace in the middle of the progress because I can understand that if God said it, he's going to complete it. I don't have to have the time frame figured out. I don't have to have the place figured out. I don't have to have the where, the how, or the what figured out. All I need to know is that if he said it, I'm going to do it. If he said it, I'm going to believe it. If he said it, I'm going to receive it. And then one day, it just happened. One day. Jesus calls two disciples to get a donkey so that he can ride in and presents himself as Messiah, the king. Just one day, 500 years later, after one prophecy, Jesus fulfills it by getting the donkey that no one ever rode, that, that was misrepresented, that had been tied up. And this is the moment he fulfills prophecy. 500 years. It took progress within the context of obedience produced peace, and the Prince of Peace rode on that donkey-fulfilling prophecy. It's important to note that in Middle Eastern culture around this time frame is that leaders or kings or emperors that would be in war, a war season, they were in a, a, a battle, a fight, whether in defense of their land or in conquering more land, they would ride on horses if they were in a war mindset. But if the leader, the emperor, or the king would ride on a donkey, it would represent that they were coming in peace. Doesn't make sense to the disciples. This Jesus is going to come into Jerusalem. We're, we're waging war on the Roman Empire. 
This is the Messiah that's going to conquer all. This is victory for us. This is our time. We've been under oppression and we've been suppressed for far too long. Jesus is coming in on a horse to wage war. And Jesus is like, no, get a donkey. Because I'm not coming in at a time of war. I'm coming in with peace because peace conquers all. Peace was the weapon of choice that the Prince of Peace wanted to use. It was, not, it was not coming in with arrows and swords and shields and armor and, and a, full, a full barrage of military presence. No, this was a moment of supernatural peace. And Jesus is like, I want to show you that my kingdom is a kingdom of peace. Peace can still have conflict. Peace is not the absence of conflict. Peace is not the absence of a battle. Peace is not the absence of a fight. And maybe you're in a battle. Maybe you're in a fight. Maybe you're in a struggle right now. And you're like, I just want peace. What you're saying is, I want the situation to be free from, I want to be delivered from this. I want to be, I want to be out of this. I, I don't want to have to fight through this anymore. That's what we talk about when we talk about peace. But that's not the way to peace. The way to peace often comes through misunderstanding. It, also, it often comes through a battle. It often comes through, through trials. The way to peace doesn't look like your situation being cleared up. It looks like you pointing to Jesus, obeying Jesus, following Jesus, even when everything else is cloudy and muddy. Because Jesus is the only clear thing that we need to keep our eyes on. And Jesus is like, I'm not going to ride on a horse. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not bringing war. I'm bringing peace. So in Luke 19, we continue our story from our text today. It says this, that in verse 36, as he rode along, the crowd spread out their garments on the road ahead of him. And when he reached the place where the road started down the Mount of Olives, all of his father, followers began to shout and sing as they walked along, praising God for all the wonderful miracles they had seen. But some of the Pharisees among the crowd said, Teacher, rebuke your followers for saying things like that. He replied, If they kept quiet, the stones along the road would burst into cheers. But as he came closer to Jerusalem and saw the city ahead, he began to weep. And he says it like this, How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it is too late and peace is hidden from your eyes. This is the second time in just a matter of, of days and weeks that Jesus had wept. This is just a matter of time. He had wept at Lazarus' tomb because the people hadn't believed. And now he's weeping again because the people aren't receiving. They're not seeing. They're not understanding that the way of peace comes through Jesus and and he's crying, he's weeping because they're celebrating the wrong things. They're celebrating all the miracles they had seen, but they're not celebrating the peace that they can experience. They're celebrating that all of these things had happened, and, 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 and that's great, but they're not celebrating the king and the kingdom, they're celebrating what they think this represents. That's why they're so disappointed when it didn't work out the way it, it should have. And that's why they turned on him so quickly and said, crucify him. The same people that worshipped him one day is saying, crucify him the next. It's because their celebration was misplaced. It's because the rejoicing was misplaced. It's because their praise was misplaced. 
In the moment, they're celebrating that this is King Jesus, but when it doesn't work out the way they thought, they celebrated it the wrong way, and Jesus weeps. He said, I wish you of all people would understand the way to peace sometimes leads through a crucifixion. Sometimes it leads through a death. Sometimes it leads through a letting go. They're celebrating because they thought he was going to fix it. And reality is, is that he was really trying to just fix them. They thought he was going to come in and fix the Roman Empire, set them up, promote them, when really Jesus was more interested in working on their heart, on their mind, on their soul, on saving them for eternity as opposed to a temporal kingdom. He was trying to get across that he was wanting to work on an eternal kingdom for them and They're like, why don't you fight for the situation, yet he's trying to fight for the deeper work of peace. The way to peace sometimes doesn't make sense. The way to peace sometimes doesn't add up. The way to peace sometimes looks like untying a donkey. Sometimes it looks like riding a donkey. Sometimes it looks different. Sometimes it doesn't feel like what we thought it should feel like. And the people rejected it. He wept because they rejected the way to peace because it looked different than what they were expecting. Peace. Peace. Peace is obedience in the right direction. Peace is the product of obedience. So when when we obey in the right direction, when we continually move forward and we progress, when we make steps to move forward, even sometimes we feel like we're losing, we're really winning, and when we make those steps, that's, that's peace as long as we are being obedient. The disciples and the people could have had peace even through the moment of the crucifixion if they had just realized that the way of peace sometimes leads through a death because in order to have a resurrection, you must have a death. In order for things to grow, they must be buried or planted, and so... What Jesus is saying is that there's a way to peace beyond your understanding. There is a a way to peace. And the problem is is that we consistently celebrate the wrong things. We are so quick to celebrate us losing five pounds, but we seldom ever celebrate losing bitterness. We're quick to celebrate the gains on a new job, but seldom do we ever celebrate new gains in our walk of faith. Because we're more interested in the impressive over the important. Jesus weeps because they were celebrating what was impressive, that he was taking a stand, that he was riding into Jerusalem. But they were quick to dismiss that when the impressive wore off. And Jesus was weeping because they were more celebrating and more more interested in celebrating the impressive over the important. And if we can ever get back to celebrating the important over the impressive. We're going to tap into a kingdom and the kingdom is the way of peace. When we can celebrate the important that even if my steps don't seem to make, make much much in the, in the way of big gains, if, if we're just making small steps, we should celebrate that because we're making progress and peace comes with the progress of obedience. And as long as we are following what Jesus said, even when we feel like we're losing, we're actually winning because with Jesus, every day is a winning day, even on our worst days. 
it's still better than our best days without him. Jesus chose a donkey to ride in on. And I, I think that they, he did that so that they wouldn't celebrate what he rode in on. They would instead celebrate him. So it brings us to the context that we've got to seek the king first and his kingdom. It's not the thing that's impressive. It's the thing that's important. It's not the military prowess that we thought that he was going to bring. It's not the, the, the overthrow of government that we thought he was going to bring. But it's, it's salvation that's about to happen on a cross. It's hope that's about to happen through his death. It's, it's peace that's about to happen through his resurrection. The way to peace sometimes is the way through suffering. But the disciples that go to get the donkey had a decision to make. They, they could have just skipped town. They could have walked away. They could have said, ah, this is not the time for us. He wants a donkey. I'm going to get him a horse. They, I mean, there's so much that they could have done. But because Jesus was something of important, not something of impression, they decided to go and follow through with this. This was obedience. This was progress. They had decided who Jesus was to them. Who Jesus was, was, was Messiah to them. And these disciples went ahead and followed through with obedience to get the donkey, even though it didn't make sense. And so I asked the question to you, who is Jesus to you? Many times he's fix-it Jesus. You know, he's, he's Bob the Builder to us. When things are broken, that's when we talk to him. When things are messed up, that's when we ask for help. When when life is chaotic, that's when we're like, we need Jesus. Fix it, Jesus. Or maybe it's convenient Jesus. It's, it's the Jesus of convenience in the moment that when rough times come or maybe it's, it's somebody on the job that, that's talking about Christianity in a negative light, then suddenly we stray away from it. We don't want to be around that like, oh no, don't call me out. I'm a Christian. I'm following Jesus. And and that's just convenient, Jesus. It's convenient to talk about Jesus with circles that talk about Jesus. But it's not convenient to talk about him with people that don't believe yet. It's convenient, Jesus. It's, maybe it's just accessory, Jesus. We throw a cross around our neck and we're like, we serve Jesus. Or maybe it's a cross on our, our, our rearview mirror and we're like, we follow Jesus. And, and we'll take Jesus and put him on as an accessory to add to our life. But... When we live our life outside, nobody really knows we follow Jesus. So who is Jesus to you? I mean, do your, do your neighbors, do your friends, do your coworkers, do they know that you're, you follow Jesus? Do, is Jesus just a fix-it Jesus or a convenient Jesus or is he an accessory Jesus? Or is he a Jesus that you are all in for, that no matter what comes and what goes, you're going to follow him? No matter if he rides in on a donkey or a horse, no matter if he goes to the, the cross or not, and he endures the crucifixion and the suffering or not, you're going to follow him regardless. Because the way to peace is not through fix-it Jesus, convenient Jesus, or accessory Jesus. It's through an all-time Jesus, through thick and through thin. It's an all-in Jesus. Because following Jesus is not about behavior modification. It's about heart transformation. There was a study in 2021 that shows us that only 29% of Christians say they read their Bible daily. Only 55% of Christians say they pray every day, while 21% say they pray weekly or monthly. 
and 23% of professing Christians say they seldom or never pray. So the question is, who is Jesus to you? Who is this Jesus in this moment? Like, Like this way to peace is not through your own works. It's not through our own ability. The way to peace is through Jesus. And I want to challenge us and our church and those that are watching this, I want to challenge you to a a moment of the first 15. Let me introduce this thought to you. We're going to take the first 15 minutes of our day and we're going to dedicate that to God. We're going to take the first five minutes and we're going to pray. We're going to take the next five minutes and we're going to worship. And then we're going to take the final five minutes and we're going to read our Bible. We're going to increase these percentages. And if this speaks to you in some way, some fashion, I want you to understand that maybe, maybe God is speaking to you that in, in today's time, we don't need to rely on our own strength, our own knowledge, our own wisdom, or, or, or everything else that's going along. Maybe the reason why we don't have peace is because we're not tapped into the Prince of Peace. Maybe, maybe if we will take the challenge and take the first 15 minutes of our day, we've, we've got that. That's half of a Netflix show. That's, that's, that's half of your favorite podcast. It's 15 minutes that you can tap in the beginning of your day. I'm going to dedicate it to God. It's the first 15, five in prayer, five in worship, and five in reading. And I challenge you to do that because sometimes Jesus goes before us. But then there's other times that we realize that Jesus sends us on ahead. And it may not make sense, but in both scenarios, he has already made preparations for when you get there. But when you get there, the responsibility is on you for what happens when you get there. The disciples get to the donkey. They were sent on ahead, but now it is their responsibility to do four things. And these four things are the way to peace for you and I today. These are the way to peace. The first thing they did is they untied the donkey. So what's been tying you up that needs to be released? What concept, idea, philosophy has been tying you up that you need to untie? What belief system needs to be let go? Because the reality is the donkey was already theirs. They just had to ask. They had to untie it. And then they had to say the Lord needs it. It was already theirs. Jesus had already said it. It was already done. Preparation was already made for when they got there. They just had to be obedient because peace, peace shows the progress of obedience. And peace is the product of obedience. It's already yours because you already have the grace right now to face the unexpected because the unexpected It's just part of following Jesus. And what you face there, the answer is already yours. The grace is already yours. The grace to face uncertainty is already yours. The second thing that they did is they just spoke it. And we need to be able to speak it. They just said the Lord needs it. What is it that the Lord needs from you? What is that thing that you've been holding on to that's been tied up that needs to be released and you just need to say, the Lord needs this. The Lord needs my anger. The Lord needs my frustration. The Lord needs my bitterness. The Lord needs where I've been. The Lord needs my past. The Lord needs it. And I'll tell you, there's always pushback. There's always going to be somebody that's like, why are you doing this? 
Why are you untying it? Why are you doing this? Why are you facing? Why are you going? If God's really for you, then why are you facing all of this? And, and, and what you need to do is just say, the Lord needs it. I'm going to release it and let the Lord have it. It's like Jesus went to Peter and said, I need a boat to preach from. There's too many people here. I need this. I need the donkey. Just tell him the Lord needs it. The third thing is that they brought it to Jesus. They weren't content with cliches. They were ready just to bring what they had unleashed and what they had spoken. They brought it to Jesus. And Jesus will use the misrepresented, the misunderstood, the untrained, and the untamed to fulfill his plan. may not make sense, but we bring it to Jesus. We tell him the Lord needs it, but then we bring it to him. That very thing we've been holding on to, the very thing that's been tied up, we bring it to him and say, hey, you use the donkey as you will. I don't know what it's for. I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. But the way of peace doesn't make sense. But when you bring it to Jesus, he'll make sense out of all of it. Because he's like, I'm not, I don't need a horse to go to war. I need a donkey to go to peace. This is the way to peace. And sometimes it leads through the donkey. And sometimes it leads through the things we don't even know. And things that we don't understand. And this is the way to peace. And the fourth thing that they did is that they let it go. They threw their garments, the things that they had held on to, the things that had been their identity and closest to them. They threw it on the donkey and they let it go. And I'm telling you, I want to live my life the way Jesus died, by learning to let it go. To let it go. Paul says it like this. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. And verse 16 of Philippians 3, he says, but we must hold on to the progress we have already made. He said, I want to I I relate to him. I want to... I want to share with the suffering because the suffering leads to peace. And i got to let go of all the other things, but the thing I hang on to is the progress I've already made. The steps I've already taken, the, the moments I've already received, the things that I've, I've, I've already made. Pro- I'm going to hang on to that. I'm going to take and throw everything else out. I'm going to untie it. I'm going to speak it. I'm going to bring it. And I'm going to let it go. But the thing I'm going to hold on to is the progress because peace is found in the progress of obedience. Sometimes I feel like I'm going backwards when really it's just God giving me new ways, giving me new ideas, and giving me new thoughts. I want to remind you today, you're moving forward. I know it's been a fight. I know it's been frustrating. But go ahead, Jesus has it worked out. Jesus already had the donkey prepared. He's already got your answer waiting. He's just sending you on ahead. He's just letting you know this is the way to peace. 
You go on ahead and trust me. Just be obedient. Follow through. It may not make sense right now, but and I know it's been frustrating. I know it's been upsetting. I know that, that there's been pushback. I know that it hasn't seemed right all the time, but the ways of God are always right, whether we think so or not. And then it'll be just as he said it would be. They found it. Somebody asked. They said the Lord needs it. And then the donkey got given to them. So the very thing that God had sent them to go do and to get was already theirs. All they had to do was obey. The way of peace is through obedience. Jesus changes everything when we simply obey. There's a peace about it. There's a comfort about it. When I let go of my concepts, ideas, thoughts, attitudes, actions, when I let go of all of that and allow him to just direct me and I'm obedient to his leading and his following, there's a peace behind it. It's not agitating. It's not irritating. And many times when we aren't obedient, there's this, there's this pushback. There's this unsettling within us. But the moment we say yes Many times it's actions of faith that we're like, I don't know how this is going to happen. Maybe God's saying, hey, I want you to give a big gift this year. And you're like, I don't know how that's going to happen. But the moment you say, yes, I'll do it, there's a peace that comes about it. Maybe God's saying, I want you to step up and serve in, a, in an area this year. And you're like, I don't, I don't know if I have time for that. And, and God's like, all I want is your yes. And if you say yes, suddenly a peace comes about it. You're making progress. And progress sometimes isn't pretty. But you're getting closer. And finally, Jesus ends like this, and he says it. I'm leaving you with a gift. I'm leaving you with a gift. Peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give you is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Remember what I told you. I'm going away, but I will come back to you again. If you really loved me, you would be happy that I'm going to the Father who is greater than I am. And he says it like this, I have told you these things before they happen so that when they do happen, you will believe. Wow. I'm telling you this before it happens so that when it does happen, you'll believe. I'm telling you there's a donkey waiting to be untied. I'm telling you there is a donkey that doesn't make sense. I'm telling you people are going to confront you. I'm telling you people are going to ask you questions. But I'm telling you that so when you get there and it does happen, you will believe because that's the way of peace. And if you're watching this right now and you want to follow this Jesus, you want to make a fresh start, you've, this is obedience. He said, come follow me. This is obedience. This is what we do. We're, we're following him. And you want to make that step today. You want to find that peace, that inner peace that you've been longing for, a peace that passes all of your understanding, all your concepts, all your ideas, a peace that, that would settle the internal struggle and frustration within you, a peace that only Jesus can bring. Not a peace that religion promises, not a peace that job, your job offers, not a peace that money gives a false sense of reality to, but a peace that only Jesus can give. And if you want to say yes to Jesus, that's obedience. If you want to say yes to him, I want to pray for you. And maybe you've been away from him, but you're going to come back to him. You're saying, I want to follow Jesus again. Guess what? This is a great day to do that. This is a great day to make a fresh start. And I want to pray for you. Father, I thank you for those that have watched this online. I'm thanking you for those that are listening to this on a podcast. And right now, we take a moment to dedicate our life to obedience. To saying yes to your will, to your way, to your leading 
May we follow this road of peace that you are paving ahead of us. You already have it all worked out before we ever get there. So today, we were making a confession that we are going to believe in you. Whether for the first time or we're coming back, today we ask that you would forgive us of our sin, that you would make us right before you, that today we are declaring you are Lord and Savior of my life. Today we accept this free gift of peace that only you can give within us. And today we give you our life and we say yes to you. Right now, I'm believing for a fresh start in my life, in Jesus' name. If that was you today, we want to celebrate. Send us a, link, send us a, a comment in the, uh, the post below and, and, and let us know. Direct message us. We want to see God's work in your life. We want to celebrate this small step of progress. We want to celebrate this moment of a yes in your life. And so we're so excited that you said yes, that you're following Jesus. And this is just the beginning of an incredible life awaiting you in following this incredible king of peace today. Hey, thanks for watching. Do us a favor, like this uh, video, subscribe to our channel, and, and let's see God do incredible things. This year, we're building his church together. I can't wait to see what God's going to do in you and through you as we encounter God and encounter people. God bless. Thank you so much for joining us today. I want to encourage you to take the message you just heard and allow Jesus to transform your soul. We pray that you have an amazing week. Thanks again for being a part of the Encounter Church family. God bless you.